Hello everyone and good evening. Welcome to episode 5 of Inside Out. Tonight my guest was one who took the world by storm early in his life. He was rated as probably the best talented all-round cricketer after Kapil Dev. And he also justified his name on the field as a bowler. He was a destroyer like Shiva and uh, he was a dutiful and obedient son like Rama and he was also a charmer like Krishna. So it's my pleasure to present to you Lakshman Suramakrishnan, my childhood friend. Welcome, LS. Nice to have Thanks, you here. Thanks, WB. Thank you very much. How are you doing? I'm all right. It's been a long while, no golf, so we don't get to see each other. No, I've, uh, what I've actually done is I've got a small little driving range at home, so I'm hitting balls in the morning and evening just to have some exercise. As you know, I'm a lazy boy. So just to keep some exercise going, I'm uh, I'm quite enjoying it. Okay, it's good. At least you've done something to ensure that you don't miss golf. Uh, so let's get cracking now. Four decades in cricket, each one of them offering different twists and turns in your life. We'll go one by one about it. But in totality, was it difficult being Elsie Ramakrishnan? Overall, yes. To begin with, at the age of 16, I got into the Indian team. I was hardly mature. I had three first-class games. One Ranji Trophy game against Delhi, then a, a Dilip Trophy game against West Zone and uh, Irani Cup game. And three games, I was straight into the Indian team. That two touring Pakistan. You know how it is to tour Pakistan. Not only the opposition was very good at that point of time, but you also know the quality of umpires. Although I did not play any test matches on the tour, I gained valuable experience being with the seniors of the team. It all happened so quickly. Did it ever sink in when your name was announced for the tour of Pakistan? Yeah, it happened very quickly. I didn't expect that to happen uh, so quickly. Ambition being fulfilled at the age of 16, getting picked for Pakistan tour and making my debut in West Indies at the age of 17. It was more of excitement. I had to miss my 12 standard exams to go on the tour of West Indies. And uh, luckily, my parents didn't object to it. But it was a lot of excitement having achieved my ambition at a very, very young age and coming so very quickly. Nobody's complaining. But later did I realize that if I had played a couple more seasons of first-class cricket, I would have lasted longer. Yeah, like you once quipped at this age, normally 16-year-olds uh, read comics, not play for India. Yeah. Much later, one Sachin Tendulkar came and uh, did that. Uh, but uh, it was definitely something which is very quick. But uh, you had to wait uh, until the tour of West Indies uh, to make your debut in Antigua. How was it? You know, they were a formidable side then. It was perhaps the last uh, test of the tour and the team did not have a great time. Uh, it would have been absolutely uh, overwhelming, wouldn't it? Well, it was a case of, OK, let's try him out in the last test match. Because he's been on the tour of Pakistan. He's been on the tour of West Indies. He's played all the side games. And let's try him out in the last test match. Imagine it was a graveyard. I mean, St. John's, Antigua, where people get 400s, 300s on a regular basis. I think that's the worst place to make your debut. But at the age of 17, like I mentioned, it was excitement. And the side, West Indies side, probably the best ever that uh, you can come across in the history of cricket. Had Desmond Hayes, Gordon Greenwich, and they had Larry Gomes at number three, Bib Richards at number four, Gus Logie, probably the only weak link, and then Clive Lloyd then Dujon, and then the four fast bowlers. Probably all-time great team. Making my debut against that team was uh, a great opportunity for me. And I did quite enjoy my batting. I bowled about uh, 30 overs. I did not get a wicket. 30 overs, none for 90 or something, I think. 
How was your experience fielding at short leg? Were you allowed to wear helmet those days? You had uh, some yeah, we didn't have competitors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't have helmet, but we didn't have the front grill. We had the ear plugs. I remember, I mean, those times uh, people would just go off the field. I mean, somebody like a Vengsarkar or a Sandeep Patil, if he was on tour, they would just bat and go off the field. And I was probably 12th man for 25 test matches, although I played only nine. About 25, uh, 30 test matches, I would have been the 12th man and always on the field. I still remember, and Bobby does a funny incident where Madanlal and uh, Kapil Dev kept bowling, and there was uh, Haynes and Greenwich batting, and then Venkatraugan. Towards, uh, I mean, it was almost one and a half hours into play, and Venkatraugan was going from slip to slip, and suddenly he went to Kapil Dev and said, "I'm not playing as a batsman." And couple said, what happened? What happened, Vicks? said, I need to bowl. <laughs> so Venki, I need to bowl. I'm not playing as a batsman. So Venki got the ball eventually. And uh, in two overs, he picked up two wickets. I was fielding at short leg as a substitute. It was, uh, I think, Desmond Haynes and uh, somebody else. I mean, I just can't remember offhand. Maybe Larry Gomes or Clive Lloyd. So he got two wickets in two overs. And then he said to couple, they, now you can give the ball to your friends. Okay, he was your roommate. There must have been a lot of learnings on the tour. A less long tour, uh, the oldest member of the team uh, with the youngest member of the team as roommates. Yeah, Venki was 36, <laughs> I was 7. We were put together in a room and uh, the late Rajan Bala would turn up every evening and they would go on and on about history of cricket. And I'm here just starting to learn cricket and they would talk about the 50s and the 60s. 60s when I was born. So it was all pass over my head, but every time I tried to step out of the room giving an excuse, and Venki would be on my head and said, listen, sit here and learn about the history of the game, which eventually turned over because as the tour went along, I became very friendly with Malcolm Marshall and Desmond Haynes. So every evening after the game, I would change in the dressing room, have a shower, change and go to Desmond and uh, Malcolm Marshall, late Malcolm Marshall, right around Barbados or wherever we, uh, we were. And uh, I was then Venki started shouting at me. He said, "Listen, you can't come late in the night." I wasn't playing the Test match in uh, Barbados or Guyana, so he said, "You can't come late in the night and disturb me." So I said to Malcolm Marshall that, "Listen, I can't come anymore for dinner and uh, in the evenings to spend time together." So yes, hey man, what happened? What happened, man? I said, "No, Venki, my roommate is giving me problems." He said, "I saw what Venki man." So he came in his car. I went in his car and we. Staying at the Rockley restaurant. I don't know if you stayed there in the West Indies where you can drive yeah. to your room with the cottage. You can drive to your room with the cottages. And yeah. he drove straight in front of my cottage. He got down, he knocked the door, and Venki opened the door. And Malcolm Marshall said, Hey man, you don't let him go out. I bounce you every ball. So Venki <laughs> said, Duplicate, take the duplicate key and get out of sight. <laughs> so that's how I eventually managed to go out. That's how okay. I eventually managed to go to Desi and Marco. After that tour, there's a bit of a wait uh, before you got to play in test and uh, it happened in 84-85 season against England at home. And that was uh, a terrific season overall for you. Yeah, it was a great season at that point of time. We had uh, come back from the West Indies after having played one test match. I was given a break. I don't know why. Because generally in India, we play on turning pitches. But uh, I was rested and Maninda got uh, his opportunities. And even before the Mumbai test against England, I was playing a match where I had to perform to get into the side. 
And luckily for me, my good friend Ravi Shastri was the captain. It was India under 25 versus England at Ahmedabad. And Ravi told me very clearly, listen, Ellis, I will just give you seven or eight overs, one spell in the first innings to get into the game. And I will not bowl you thereafter. And you will be bowling in the second innings one end. So the first innings I bowled about seven or eight overs, got the wicket of Richard Ellison, and then Ravi took me off the attack. And second innings, we got a big lead because Azhar got some runs and R. Madhuan got some runs. We got a big lead over England. And second innings, he gave me one end as promised. I probably bowled 24 overs, four for 25 or something like that. And then Sunny Gavaskar called Ravi Shastri and said, is he ready to get into a test match, which I already played one before that. But he was just confirming my form and my mental approach towards the game. And um, Ravi said, yes, he certainly is. And uh, that's how I got picked for the Mumbai test match. You had a great run, uh, hauls of six wickets uh, into the uh, series. And then uh, you came across some flat tracks. Of course, that happens in the series. But after this series was where everything happened. You took the world by storm in the WCC Championships in Australia. Let's uh, now have a first-hand view of what happened there in the WCC. Actually, before getting to the WCC tournament in Australia, I probably would like to tell everybody about what happened on that particular day of selection. We were playing a club game in uh, University Union. It was a 50-over game. I wasn't given the ball because they said the leg spinners are going to be expensive. Remember, it's a club game. I batted at number three, got some runs. I didn't get to bowl. And as soon as the match was over, we won the game. Pratap Ramchand, journalist, who was one of our dear friends, he came in his motorbike and said, Hey, LS, congratulations. You've been picked in the one-day team to tour Australia for the World Championship for cricket. So that stunned me. And I sarcastically gave my captain a look. The club captain are look saying, I'm getting picked for India. You're not giving me a bowl here. So it was fine. I mean, that's how I got picked. And while we were on the flight, you know, the company that I like to keep is guys who talk and have a little bit of fun on a long flight. Ravi Shastri and Roger Bini sitting next to me. And uh, we were just chatting about it. And I asked Ravi, I've not played one day cricket so far. So why am I on this tour? So Ravi said, we're coming back next year for a test series. So maybe they want you to have a feel of the conditions, and that's why you're on the tour. But when we went to Australia, landed there, and uh, Prasanna was the manager, we practiced from the next morning. And the practice sessions went through, and Gavaskar told me not to bowl my variations in the nets. He said, there'll be cameras all over. These Aussies are naughty boys. They will uh, shoot you, and uh, they will uh, decipher the variations that you've got. So I was asked uh, not to bowl more than half an hour and uh, not bowl any variations. So I would just bowl for half an hour and go and do my fielding practice. And just a day before the Pakistan game, Sunny, myself and Rabi went out for lunch and uh, Gavaska asked me, what kind of a field would you like to bowl to? That's when it struck me. I turned around at Ravi and said, listen, you said I'm here to gain experience and I'm going to be playing tomorrow. So I just told Mr. Gavaskar, just give me a little bit of time. Let me think about it. Let it sink in. And we discussed the field strategy and the bowling strategy. At that point of time, what uh, Gavaskar told me was, I don't mind you bowling 10 overs for 50 runs, but I want you to get two or three wickets. And W, you'll know in 85, conceding 50 runs in 10 overs is very expensive. Very expensive. These days, it's economical. But those days, it was very, very expensive. But Gavaskar gave me the liberty to concede five and over and bowl for wickets, which is what happened right through the tournament. 
The story I heard was that that's the line you used to convince the selectors because you're one of the non-starters for that uh, selection anyway, for the selection of the team. Yeah, they consider the big grounds in uh, Australia. It's no more the 10-20 grounds, which is a short in 60 yards, 50 yards. There were big boundaries in Australia. So anybody could turn the ball. It would be very difficult to hit. And uh, I think Vasu Faranjpe mentioned this to Gavaska and had to convince him. And Gavaska eventually was convinced. Although Gavaska wasn't a certainty to be captain, there was a lot of speculation that Ravi might captain the side or Kapil might captain the side. But uh, Gavaska eventually was chosen as captain and I was picked in the team because of the large boundaries and the ability to get wickets in the middle overs. Yeah, you made a great impact there. People remember about that even today and then followed it up with a very good uh, outing in Sharjah's also after uh, that tour of Australia. Now then, for some reason, uh, the form deserted you. Yeah, if you look at the thing, people talked about a lot of other things other than cricket, but I'd like to clarify, I'd like to pinpoint. When I started playing cricket and I got to the Indian team, I was 16. I was probably 5'5 five, five in height. I was still at a growing age. And when I performed at the age of 19, that was in the World Championship Cricket, everything went well. Then after that, I grew probably about by two inches. And you as a coach will know, Raman, when you grow taller, you have to make necessary adjustments in your technique. And I was a natural cricketer. I just picked up a tennis ball and started bowling because I was the youngest in the colony. And that's how I started bowling leg spin. So I could turn the tennis ball. So I took up ten, uh, uh, when I took up a uh, cricket ball, uh, cricket. Then I went to leg spin, and very quickly it happened. And everything happened. I would probably say I was a natural cricketer at that point in time. I didn't know much about techniques and biomechanics. So I just ran in and bowled, and everything landed wherever I wanted to bowl in whatever variations. So when I grew taller, I had to make certain adjustments. Like for instance, if I released the ball. If I was five feet, five inches, and I release the ball from one particular point, it's called a line down length. And when we become five, eight, and you're going to release the ball, earlier you release the ball, it's going to be a full toss or a close ball. The later you release the ball, it's going to be a short ball. So it's somewhere in between that you release the ball, you drop on a length. So with the uh, increase in height, nobody was there to guide me about the point of release and the use of front arm. And I was naturally a side-on bowler, so I didn't need any guidance at that point in time. But the technicalities, I mean, those days people would say, well bowled, if you bowled a good ball. Or if you bowled a bad ball, they say terrible <laughs> bowling. But <laughs> and, uh, you know, people would not tell us. I mean, we had four great spinners. We had many great spinners. But they would not tell why I bowled a good ball. What are the things that I did right? And what are the things that I did wrong because I bowled a bad ball? Nobody was there to explain that to me so I can make the adjustment. I tried various things and nothing worked out for me after a point of time. And if you bowl two hours, three hours every day with technically wrong things, that becomes a habit. And yeah. that becomes a habit. That becomes a habit. You go into a match. You don't bowl well. You lose confidence. When you As lose confidence... As your form yeah, kept slipping, you had to also contend with a lot of uncharitable views about you. How painful was that? It was really painful. People uh, said all kinds of things uh, that they wanted to, but uh, you would know for a fact that I was the first one to practice every day. If I was the kind of person that people spoke about, I would never have been disciplined to be first at the practice, bowling for three hours, 
and if i bowl for 3 hours and i had a couple of cans of beer it's not a crime i mean i don't think it's a crime because it's chennai heat you need to hydrate yourself you need to relax as well and you have a life as in cricket so people only looked at things that were not necessary people looking didn't look at things that were necessary and try to encourage me there was nobody to correct my technique when my technique went wrong all they had to do was so what could they do because general public in india don't know the nuances at that point of time before television came in big time didn't know the nuances about biomechanics they didn't know much about uh, tech uh, techniques so people had to blame something for my drop in standards in bowling and leg spinners i mean shane won when he played his first test match he bowled one for 200 and if that happened in india shane won would not have played another test match yeah, i was coming to that yeah i was coming to that you are you are very regular in your practice you put in hours and hours every session uh, how frustrating what was it when people attributed uh, your uh, lack of form due to various other things which is uh, full of um, views without any solid foundation well it hurt hurt quite a bit in terms of hurting uh, not only me personally it hurt my family as well because uh, at that point of time they were looking for an alliance for me but uh, nobody would touch me be although being a test cricketer with a decent job and a flat to own there was nobody coming forward uh, with any kind of alliance so they had ruined my life with those uh, comments to such an extent that everybody wanted to disown me except my parents but i had the self belief that i'm not the kind of person that uh, people think that i am so i had self belief although my career could have lasted a little longer but i still maintained that mental strength to be alive and kicking and uh, being connected to indian cricket from 1980 i think uh, i done reasonably well 90s was a period of great strife and struggle i remember you even tried to uh, a shift your allegiance to baroda try and see if it is possible playing for a different side would uh, make the change yeah 1998 when sachin tendulkar played against shane wall he called me to the nets and asked me to bowl to him and i did that for a week and sachin felt that i was still bowling well and sachin was the one who suggested that i go and play outside i can't get a chance in tamil nadu the fact of the matter is the chairman of the selection committee at that point was a leg spinner who said i don't have a chance to play for tamil nadu vv kumar was the chairman of the selection committee and he very generously told me that i can't play, i won't have a chance to play for tamil nadu so i had to go and play somewhere so sachin tendulkar spoke to anshuman gaikwad and then uh, i got a chance to play for baroda yeah that was one uh, last ditch effort in a sort of way that didn't really sort of work out as you hoped it would but uh, came the new millennium there was a real real good uh, turn of the tide for you a new avatar is commentator yeah certainly did but uh, in a way raben uh, me having a short career finishing in 1987 after the reliance cup was a blessing in disguise because i had to play in the 90s 90s was a naughty period better to stay away so i like to look at uh, the positive aspects of it but 98 i played for baroda 1999 we were playing a tournament in tirupanithura where i fractured my finger and i was out for four months and i was watching dd doordarshan sports at that point of time which was telecasting domestic cricket and i thought it was kiran more and kirmani on air and at the eden gardens a match was being televised and commentary going on and uh, they showed a picture of uh, the sun setting so kirmani said 
that is the best direction that is where the sun is setting <laughs> so when i heard this i said i i probably can relate to commentary a little better and i called up uh, parameshwaran paramesh we all know him in doordarshan and asked him for an opportunity to do domestic commentary because i was out of cricket for four months and india sim is the company that i was with were generous to give me permission to go and do commentary that's how i started commentary in 1999 with domestic cricket and doordarshan now captains play an important role uh, in the blossoming of spinners you covered a lot of domestic cricket as well as international cricket let's stick to domestic cricket for the time being how do you see the captains handling spinners in the domestic circuit i mean even as a international cricket i will cite my own example before i get to domestic cricket i always performed really well under gavaskar not so much under kapil dev kapil dev was an instinctive captain gavaskar was a uh, captain who would plan things would uh, tell you what he expects from you and at one point of time if he had the confidence and he told me you can set what kind of a field you want so band management and uh, planning things work out much better than being instinctive kapil dev i i think is the greatest sportsman india has produced because he not only plays cricket uh, brilliantly he used to probably greatest all rounder but he could play other sport as well but i think captaincy plays a significant part in the development of leg spinners or any spinner leg spinners now are big in t20 cricket but if you look at test match cricket they cannot bowl with a field in no captain wants to give a leg spinner let's see the lot imran tahir to yasmindr chahal to adil rashid to whoever i mean a lot of leg spinners around because they don't want to give runs it has become a game even in test match cricket you see boundary riders which you and me wouldn't have got because if we bowl badly we were taken off the attack but today even if we omal bowls badly he gets a very defensive feel and people are out getting caught in the deep not a slip silly point of forward shotting so the captaincy has become very negative in terms of not giving runs in terms of keeping it tight keep it tight keep it tight let let's wait for the batsman to make a mistake but you know good players once they get in they don't make mistakes and if you spread the field out they're going to play with the ones and twos so i think the quality of uh, captaincy in domestic cricket with the sg board reverse swinging i think spinners are being ignored the current lot are fine but after the current lot i think we're going to struggle even to find good spinners in india but spin is very important for uh, the long term survival of test cricket because you can't be having fast bowlers bowling all the time in a test match absolutely because uh, playing in india the pitches wear out it gets slower by the day it starts to turn day 3 4 5 unless you prepare a, a rank turner from day 1 but a proper pitch in india would uh, probably help spinners from day 3 4 and 5 and maybe an argument for that would be is it would also help reverse swing because the pitch gets drier and there would be a lot of reverse but you need the spinners in action with foot marks in play with the over rate to be checked you need spinners in action for that you got to develop i think uh, india needs a spin bowling coach it's not that i am looking for a job but they do need a spin bowling coach and i don't know what happens at the nca because nca is supposed to produce uh, the cricketers that we require at the moment i don't see any spinner that is of high quality that can go on to play for india immediately you spoke about shane warne you spoke about imran tahir i would like you to deconstruct uh, the four leg spinners that i want to list out warne uh, kadir mushtaq ahmed and imran tahir in two lines each well warne was a big spinner of the ball 
you know, modern day batsmen panic when the ball turns big. And Warney's main weapon was the flipper. So you would set them up nicely with the leg spinner. If you got wickets with leg spin, fine, well and good. But his magic ball was the flipper, which uh, was simply outstanding. He had very strong fingers. It was just these two fingers. I mean, he would just flip it through and it would go straight away. So Warney was uh, absolutely magnificent to watch. But the likes of uh, Mushtaq, who modeled himself on Abdul Qadir, I think Abdul Qadir was outstanding. Again, a case of Abdul Qadir, I'm just bringing him Raman because he did well under Imran Khan, but not so well under Javed Nyanda. So again, the captaincy issue is being touched upon. Mushtaq Ahmed was more of a bowler with a high arm action. He had his hand past perpendicular and he was more of a bowler that would be accurate, not a big turn of the ball, not too many variations. And he waited for the batsman to make a mistake. And Pakistan had this threatening fast bowler at that point of time. Bakar Yunus, Vaseem Akram, Akeem Javed. So somebody's got to go after some bowler. So if they went after Mushtaq, he got wickets in the bargain, not because of his quality of bowling, because the batsman had a plan to attack uh, the weak link of the bowling attack. So I do think Mushtaq was high quality. Again, Imran Tahir. Imran Tahir, if you spread the field out, is full of energy. He loves to bowl white ball cricket. But red ball cricket, when he came to India, and they put two men around the bat, a slip and a silly point, maybe a forward shot take. I mean, he was under so much pressure. He was not confident in bowling with three men close to the bat. You can't spread out the field in test match cricket because you want to go for runs. People will milk you for runs. If you don't concede boundaries, you're satisfied as a bowler. But at the end of the day, the batsman bats for four hours. He's batting 100 plus. So I think the quality of leg spin, attacking leg spin with uh, consistent line and length is not there anymore. Throw away your modesty for a bit. And forget the numbers. Would you consider yourself as the complete leg spinner? Because Warney didn't have a big googly. Abdul Qadir didn't really spin the leggies that much. Uh, Mushtaq Ahmed bowled more of the googlies and straighter ones. Well, I had all, all the variations. I could uh, turn the ball on any pitch because I had the right wrist position. So I could uh, spin the ball sideways. And uh, I didn't have a flipper, I, although I had a top spinner. I had uh, the leg break, the, the top spinner, and uh, the googly. So these three were my main deliveries to go to. And I had a lot of control over it. And because my action was so natural, it came to me naturally. I had good rhythm all the time. And the balance in the delivery stride was so good. When I was bowling at my best, probably I'll say, I mean, Bishan Bedi said this. When I was bowling at my best, Bishan Bedi has said that I was better than Shane Warne. Yeah, I've heard two great cricketers, one each from India and Pakistan, argue about you for one hour. Uh, there have been many discussions like this. I've been privy too. So, in short, the answer is yes. Now, did you expect the uh, risk spinners to uh, be as successful as they are in the IPL format? Well, in T20 cricket, when a leg spinner bowls in the middle overs, it's all about uh, big hitting, power hitting. So, the chances that the batsmen are going to take is far too many. And you just got bowled 24 balls. And I would probably say if you go 32 runs, 4 overs, 32, 2 wickets, you've done a terrific job. So the, when the batsman is going to play a shot every ball, there is huge risk factor. And if you're a genuine spinner of the ball, if you're accurate, you're definitely going to get wickets. And because the leg spinner can turn the ball both ways, he's more successful than an off spinner. Probably an off spinner like Ashwin can bowl different deliveries. But most of the off spinners with the ball turning into the right-hander, get hit for the big shot. So I think the leg spinners 
have been very very successful in t20 cricket after bs chandrasekhar there was a time when people felt uh, that leg spin became a dying art and then you came in in the mid mid 80s uh, now after you there been uh, a lot of leg spinners who played for the country and who been major contributors in uh, domestic cricket does this make you feel proud of rejuvenating the art of leg spin in india well after me it was narendra herwani who made a uh, spectacular debut along with you and uh, the good fortune also i'm not complaining i've got nothing against sarvani i've got nothing against ravi shastri ravi shastri got what he wanted there was no bigger no pitch at all it was an under prepared pitch but when i played against england in 1984 85 sunil gavaskar told me to go and talk to the tamil nadu cricket association and ask for a turner because we won the mumbai test we lost the delhi test the calcutta test was a drawn test so we were one on and the last test match was going to be played in kanpur kanpur you can't get a result i mean the ball doesn't come above the ankle so we had to expect a result in chepau uh, we asked for a square turner i went and spoke to the then secretary of the tnca <laughs> he said playing cricket is your job doing everything else is mine please get out of my room <laughs> so we didn't get a turning track and sunny was so upset they gave us a flat track to top it all there was bishan singh bedi who was the chairman of selectors in the team meeting so he said to us you're batting too slowly all you guys are batting slowly and not giving enough time for the bowlers to get wickets so you have to get 300 runs on day 1 and declare remember 300 runs on day 1 and declare and we were all out by tea time everybody was playing shots we were all out by tea time and england got great conditions to bat on day 2 day 3 and they put up a really big score so the point that i'm trying to get at is uh, the pitches have to suit kumble had a lot of success but he bowled helpful pitches shane mon that's why i rate shane mon very high because when glen mcgraw would succeed in the first innings on the same pitch shane mon would succeed in the second innings so the pitches really matter a lot ajit wadeka when he took over the indian team made sure that uh, Adil Kumble or Hirwani who played got ideal conditions Azhar also was a bowler's captain Azhar was a really good captain so he handled the situation really well with Venkatpati Raju and Anil Kumble and uh, Rajesh Chauhan playing his part as well Rajesh Chauhan played 22 matches and uh, he just got uh, 44 wickets so imagine i mean if you played at that era when somebody was destructive you just had to do the supporting act and still be a part of the side not only uh, right arm wrist spinners but we also have a chenaman bowler in kuldeep yadav now uh, what do you see are his main challenges because uh, the advantage of right arm leggy had is that he made the ball leave the batter but in kuldeep's case is coming into the batters most of the time what are the challenges that you see for him well he's got to be uh, a lot more uh, develop a lot more variations i would say because uh, if he can uh, turn the ball big and he's got a very good googly he's got a very deceptive googly but i've been emphasizing on the fact that he has to develop a top spinner you see kuldeep yadav if at all he does get hit in ipl he starts to bowl with the seamer and people don't realize the importance of a top spinner when the ball when you bowl a top spin it's not only over spinning it's dips on the batsman and has that extra bit of bounce So a top spinner instead of hitting the middle of the bat with an extra bit of bounce is hitting the top of the bat. 
So I've been telling Kaldeep to try and develop the top spinner, which is not so difficult to bowl. It's the wrist position is between a googly and a leg break, so it's uh, much easier to demonstrate. It just needs a little bit of patience and hard work to bowl the top spinner. People uh, now rely on the slider. And the only problem that I feel is modern-day bowlers, spinners, when they get hit, whether it's a left-arm spinner, whether it's Kuldeep, Chahel, or anybody, when they get hit, they bowl quicker and quicker. When a fast bowler gets hit, he bowls slower deliveries to take the pace of the ball. Whereas the spinner, because he panics, I think that's the only reason I can think of. They start bowling quicker and quicker, which means the ball will come out to the bat nicely and the batsman can have a ball. There's a lot of, lot of talk about uh, mental issues and the need to understand them, recognize it and get it uh, tackled by experts. Now, if you were to think back during those uh, rough patches in your life, uh, did you encounter any mental issues that now you think uh, is when you are aware about it? Well, at the age of uh, 16, 17, when I started my cricket, I wasn't a mature as a person, even known as a cricketer. So I was very, very young. I used to get overawed by things. I used to get overexcited. So it was extreme emotions. And there were times when I bowled badly. I mean, I wouldn't know what to do because I told you earlier, I didn't know technique. It just came naturally to me. Whatever I've learned, whatever I see on commentary, people might think that I'm an authority on spin bowling. It's 20 years of commentary with so many slow motions, watching over and over again and talking to people like you and be your own. You understand the nuances of uh, biomechanics and the techniques and what are the things to be done. So all this knowledge that I've gained is after I finished my cricket. So I can say with confidence that if somebody needs my help, I certainly can do it. And people also think that if he's saying so, why didn't he do it? Because I didn't know what to do when I was playing because I was too young, I was too immature. And I'm telling you again, I didn't know the techniques, the right techniques of leg spin bowling. But today, I think they need a psychologist. People are traveling, uh, say, eight, ten months in a year, playing cricket, staying away from home. They stay out of suitcases. And they do have their own share of problems. I know Mohamed Shami, because I'm so close to Ravi Shastri, I think I can have the liberty of saying that. Mohamed Shami went through his personal problems. Then he had to talk to Ravi Shastri. Ravi is a really good band manager. And Ravi sorted him out in terms of saying, focus on cricket. Cricket will give you everything. But Mohamed Shami was uh, in disarray. I mean, he was in terrible shape, terrible state of mind. But uh, thank God that Ravi pulled him back together mentally and Arun worked on his bowling and eventually you see the emergence of Mahmoud Shami. So we definitely need somebody that can tackle with the mind of uh, our men's team and the women's team. Uh, uh, quickly, uh, what advice would you give youngsters who lose their way for whatever reasons after making a start and then find it very difficult uh, once things uh, start sliding? Well, the only thing that you can do is go back to basics. I think the development of trust between a coach and a player is so much important. People, because they become financially very secure these days, very quickly, they feel that they want, don't want to be insecure. They feel they're very secure, even in other walks of life. If you advise a cricketer, he's not going to listen to you immediately. He will think about it, think about it, think about it, and eventually might try it, might not try it. So the trust has to come. The basics have to be good. And uh, if you have a psychologist, he will pinpoint 
where you're going wrong. Analyze the pattern. What are the stages that you're bowling badly? What are the stages that you're bowling well? Some people might be bowling badly, but the other bowler takes a wicket and a new batsman comes and he starts to bowl well. Because there's a self-belief that the new batsman is not going to hit him out of the attack. So mentally, I think you've got to be very, very strong and very, very clear in what you're doing. You need to be very clear. You need to be fearless, even as a bowler. I always believe the bowler is the one who's proactive and the batsman is only reactive. You guys would say it depends on merit of the ball. But modern day bowlers, what they think is, if I fly the ball, I'll get hit for a six because of quality of the bats and the, the small boundaries. So as a bowler, I'd still like them to be fearless and proactive and still believe well, they're bound to go for runs. They're not machines. You can't bowl over four overs, four maidens, ten overs, ten maidens and get wickets. You're going to go for runs. But if you get wickets, as a bowler, you're expected to get wickets. And that's what you need to do. How you do it and how you seek help. I think people are openly coming out with mental issues these days. And I think it would be apt to have a psychologist going with the team. And people not feeling shy to talk or express themselves. Thanks a lot, Ellis. Uh, it's uh, really strange that we chose to talk about all this after so many years. We've never had a chat along these lines in all these years or during the time that yeah, it we, happened. We had an administrative manager who would give us the key and tell he's your roommate and please go. Thank you very much. <laughs> so anyway, thanks a lot, Ellis, for uh, yes. sharing your thoughts. It is nice having you and wish you all the very yes. best in whatever you're going to do in the future. Yes, WB, good luck to you too with the women's team and uh, whatever you do. And all these shows have been brilliant. I've been watching it. it, generates a lot of interest. A lot of people think differently. So it adds a lot more uh, perspective to what uh, cricket is all about. Stay safe and stay well. Good night, LS. And for our viewers, I'll be back again on Tuesday with the next episode. Until then, as I always uh, say, stay safe. Stay at home, ensure that uh, you are keeping well and it's very important that all of us uh, do our bit to ensure that we get out of this pandemic as soon as possible. Until then, goodbye and good night.